that. Amen. From the book of Philippians chapter 3, and I want to say a great big God bless you to my mother who is here tonight. Love her so much. Grateful that she's here with us. Amen. And uh, she and my father are going to be with us on Christmas Eve, and we're looking forward to that. We're going to have a great time uh, in the Lord on that Sunday. And I'm going to invite your attention this evening to the book of Philippians chapter 3. We're going to read two verses of Scripture, and then we're going to begin to talk a little bit about uh, what the Lord would have us to know. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about reconciling the past, the present, and the future. Reconciling the past, the present, and the future. Let's just ask the Lord to bless his word as we endeavor to know him a little better tonight. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the gathering of the faithful. Thank you for your people that are here tonight. Bless our young people as they are receiving ministry in the in the youth center tonight. Pray, oh God, for our children as they're receiving ministry. We pray, Lord, that your word will go forth and have power to change and to challenge and to stir us and to lead us. And we give you the praise for it, oh God. We honor you and give you all glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. God bless you in the name of the Lord. You may be seated. Also want to say how Wonderful it was to be a part of uh, Arbel DeVita, Friend Day. Amen. Pastor Rubio, what a wonderful time we had on Sunday. And on December 30th at, at uh, Arbel DeVita, Finneytown, we're going to have an all-nations dinner, and it's going to be a very special time. We'll be giving you more information on that uh, because all are welcome, but we will need to have a head count on that. So we're looking forward to it. God's doing great things. Amen. We're thankful. But uh, we're talking tonight about reconciling the past, the present, and the future. I think that it would be, uh, it would be readily accepted uh, understanding that these three uh, dynamic concepts, past, present, and future, all play a role in how we live our life, how we serve the Lord, whether or not we walk in victory. And uh, it's important that we're able to reconcile that. Now, this time of year, uh, there, of course, we mentioned it's the holiday season. I don't have to remind you of that. Everywhere you look, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And, uh, and yet, uh, through the years, there have been a, just a uh, variety of different uh, tellings and retellings of various stories and novels and books and, and so forth that have come out to illustrate and depict uh, Christmas and Christmas traditions. One of those, of course, is the novel by Charles Dickens, The Christmas Carol, uh, that was produced in 1843. And uh, this, of course, was um, a, a tale that was told that has, has really just become a part of the fabric of, of uh, Christmas tradition. And, uh, and it has to do with a man by the name of Ebenezer Scrooge. And Ebenezer Scrooge, of course, uh, you know, you don't even have to know the story to know what the name means because if somebody tells you that you're acting like a Scrooge, uh, you know that's not a compliment. Uh, you, it means that you're being uh, curmudgeonly. It means that you're being stingy. It means that you are uh, begrudging people of any little joy they might have in life. And uh, Dickens takes his pen to paper to try to illustrate the misery of this man who, who is actually quite uh, miserly and, uh, and he, he begrudges any kind of charitable giving. Uh, he coined the term uh, humbug. And when he was really mad, he said, bah, humbug. And, uh, and he just, he just uh, became kind of the synonymous personification, if you please, personification of what it meant to just be a grump. And it revolved around the idea of, of Christmas. And, uh, and then, of course, as the story unfolds, uh, he visits in some sort of a nightmare experience his past, his present, his future. 
and, uh, and he is surprised to see details of the impact all three of those uh, things had on him and the way that it formed him into who he is. Now, this, of course, is just a tale. It's just a fairy tale. But there is a little bit of a thing we can relate to, and that is that all of us have been formed some way, somehow, by our past. And it is affecting our present, and if we don't get a hold of it, it will affect our future. And so we, as children of God, have a responsibility to reconcile past, present, and future. And this is what the Lord came to do. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so we want to talk about that a little bit uh, tonight. First of all, you have to understand what time is. Because when I talk to you about past and present and future, I am describing three tenses of time. And, and time is uh, comprised of past, present, and future. If I were to say, tell me a little bit about your past. Well, you know, you know exactly what to say. You, you start describing your childhood, some of your earliest memories, maybe some of your educational uh, 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 accomplishments, perhaps where you first worked and when you first began this endeavor and that endeavor and when you married and when you had children. And that's a part of your past. And if I were to say, tell me what you do. You, you might talk about your career. You might talk about your hobbies, things that are currently happening in your life. Uh, if I were to ask you to tell me about your future, you, you would just have to you know, step out on faith at that point and try to give me some idea of what you see as developing in your future. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, your past and my past, it no longer exists. It just simply does not exist. Now, you can go chase down any kind of, you can chase down any kind of memory, but that's all it will be, is a fleeting, fanciful memory. The people will not be where you expect them to be, at least not in the way you remember them being there. Some of them will have actually passed from this life, many of them perhaps, depending on how far back you want to travel. And, and the places will all have changed. The, the landscape will have changed. Man would have cut some of the trees back or taken the trees out altogether. The houses will have changed color, maybe changed shape or been removed altogether and replaced by another house. And, and, uh, and, and maybe not even a house. Maybe it was zoned residential when you remember it, but it's become commercial because the past is just that it is it has passed it is no longer in existence it does not exist it was then it is not now and the future does not yet exist the future that tense of time has not yet occurred and there is no guarantee that certain aspects of it will ever occur as a matter of fact the bible tells us to boast not ourselves of tomorrow for no man knows what a day may bring so you can't boast yourself of tomorrow that's proverbs chapter 27 the writer james explained to us that we shouldn't even get into the habit of saying that tomorrow i will do this and the next day i will do thus and then after that i'm going to plan on doing that because he said you really don't know if that's going to take place he said life is but a vapor it appeareth for a little while another time reference while and then it is gone it vanishes so quickly and and he said instead of saying i'm going to do this and i'm going to do that instead you should say lord willing lord willing i will do this lord willing i will do that if the lord will that's why you may run into an elder who might say we'll see you tomorrow lord willing they're keeping true to the scriptures. They're trying to be, they're trying to be consistent with what the Bible teaches us to do. Uh, Lord willing, I will do this, and Lord willing, I will do that. What, what is happening there? It is our acknowledgement that time is a, a creation of God, and all we really have is right now. Now, you, you have to deal with the past, you have to deal with the present, and you have to deal with the future. But, but, but you, can, you have to have it all in the right perspective. So your past, you cannot live in it, but you must learn from it. Your future, you cannot dread it, but you must plan for it. 
and your present. You cannot live for it, but you must live in it. It is vitally important that you understand that you have to live in the moment. Uh, many times your mind will try to take you to the past or to the future. And all that will do is frustrate you. Uh, it will try to take your body somewhere it cannot go. Your body cannot be any place but in the present. And if your mind tries to travel to the past or travel to the future, it will only frustrate you because your body cannot go where your mind is trying to go. And so your mind will often go back to the past in the form of regretting it. Or your mind will go to the past in the form of wishing you could relive it. And in both instances, your whole person, which is your body, soul, and spirit, your whole person is going to be frustrated because it cannot go where your mind is trying to take it. And so you're stuck in this nowness, if you please, this present tense, and you're, you're trapped in this place. Your mind is trying to go to the past, and, and you can regret, 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 and regret will do nothing but frustrate you as a person. And you can try to relive it, relive it, relive it, but even that will provide a level of frustration to you as a person. Or your mind will try to jump into the future, uh, and it will do it in this way or that way. The, the, the one way that it will do it, it will try to think about the future in the sense that it will fear it. It will dread it. It will paint all sorts of scenarios and uh, imaginative uh, uh, possibilities, things that could develop. Well, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And we'll really be in trouble if this or that develops. And I could just see it happening just like this. And your mind is jumping out into a thing that doesn't even exist. And you're, you're stuck in this present place, unable to deal with the matter as it would take place in reality because all you can deal with is the present. All you can deal with is right now. And, and your mind is all the way into the future, wandering around the vague, nebulous world of possibilities, and it becomes an imagination that has to be cast down. It can also go into the future in the sense that uh, it may try to take you there by making you fantasize about something different than your current surroundings and make you wish that you weren't where you are. Make you uh, frustrated with the idea that maybe the grass is greener somewhere else. And so you're stuck in the present, unable to go out into the future. Uh, and of course, we do know that this tendency of the human mind, actually God can use it to the salvation of someone's soul when they realize that, hey, where I am is not where I want to be. But, but when you're a child of God, and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, living for God and overcoming in holy life. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, it is God's will for you to walk in complete and total victory right where you are. Right where you are. This is what Job said. He said, I go forward and he is not there. I go backward and I cannot find him. I go to the left hand where he doth work and he hideth himself from me. I go to the right hand and I cannot behold him. Job went into the future. He went into the past. He went into greener pastures. He went into places that he thought for sure he could find God. And God said, you're not going to find me in any of those places. You're going to only find me right where you are in the here, in the now, in the present tense. You want to know why? Because God is the I am. Hallelujah. He which was and is and is to come, the Almighty. We like to celebrate the fact that he was. Or we like to celebrate the fact that he is to come. But he is the Almighty God. Hallelujah. And so we have, to, we have to reconcile past, present, and future. We have to reconcile what, what does it mean that, that something happened in the past? And why are we not 
moving beyond it? Why are we still trapped by it? What does it mean that our future is unknown and uncertain and how can we plan for it? How can we be prepared for what may come our way? And, and of course, we know that all of these answers are found in the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that Paul in Philippians chapter 3, 13 and 14 deals with past, present, and future. He says, as we just read, uh, that this is one thing I do. I count not myself as to have apprehended. I, I don't count myself as to having it all figured out. I don't, I'm not going to just stand up here and tell you that I have no concerns, no worries. I got, it, I got it all figured out. But this one thing I do, and he said, and I do it really well. This is the one thing that if you had to ask me, hey, Paul, what do you do? This is it right here. He said, forgetting those things which are behind. I'm not going to ruminate over things that didn't go my way. And I'm not going to regret forever the things that I did wrong. And, and furthermore, I'm not even going to live in the glory days of things I did well. I am forgetting those things which are behind. I'm letting the past be the past. Now he deals with the present. This one thing I do. Hallelujah. This is one thing I do. This is the present tense now. I'm doing this. This isn't something that I've done before. And this isn't something I'm going to do sometime later. It's what I do when I wake up in the morning. It's what I do when I lay my head to rest at night. It's what I do when I go about my daily schedule. It's what I do when I interact with my brothers and sisters in Christ. This one thing I do. You ready for it? Here it is. I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Every second of every day, there ought to be a press in us toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want to be in Christ. I, I, listen, when you're baptized into Jesus Christ, I want you to know that that is an immersion into that water in Jesus' name. But it's not just a one-time immersion, but it is to represent your forever immersion in Jesus. Immerse yourself in him. Immerse yourself in his word. Immerse yourself in his presence. Speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord in everything that you do, whether it be word or in deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus, which concerns you. Ah, hallelujah, press toward the mark. Get in the word of God and let the word of God feed your soul on a daily basis. Familiarize yourself with this holy book. Familiarize yourself with his holy presence. You're pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's what you do. That's the present activity of mankind. And this is, this is the way we reconcile the past, the present, and the future. So what is time? It is a creation of God. God said, let there be light. I'm not going to go into all of this, but I will tell you that when God said, let there be light, when the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light, that was everything. That was everything, okay? Everything happened right then. Hallelujah. Because we know what the light was. The light is the Lamb. The scripture teaches us the lamb is the light. So when he said, let there be light, he was saying, let there be the lamb. And furthermore, he was saying, I am the lamb. That word, let there be, is Hayah, I am, I am light, I am the Lamb, because the Lamb is the light. And we know from the writings of the New Testament that the Lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. And I want you to know that when the Spirit of God moved in its sevenfold expression, the wisdom and the knowledge and the counsel and the strength, hallelujah, and understanding and the fear of the Lord, that sevenfold expression of the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. I want you to know everything happened right then. 
But then God did something with that light. He took the light and called it day. He took the darkness and he called it night. And instituted something called time. He said it's going to be for seasons and times. When he created the sun, the moon, and the stars. He says it's going to be for seasons and time. And God created time. Time is a creation of God. God is not bound by time. God does not, God operates in time merely by his mercy, not by his nature. God operates in time because he's God and he can do all things. But time is to God a little created thing that he made for us. What was it made for? Okay, when he created all things, said let there be light, everything was done. He declared the end from the beginning. Boom, done. Time is a space of time. A space of grace, the book of Ezra refers to a space of grace. It's a space of grace where God said, do you want what I have prepared? Hallelujah. This is what we're trying to get people to understand when we preach the gospel. We're trying to help people understand he has prepared a place for you. That where he is, there you may be also. What are you using time to do? I'll tell you what you ought to be using time to do. You ought to be using time to repent of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You ought to be using time to be praying for your loved ones. You ought to be using time to be reaching for the lost. You ought to be using time to pray without ceasing and rejoice evermore and to think on these things, things that are lovely and of a good report, things that have virtue, things that have things that are honest and true that's what we ought to be using time for because I'm going to tell you just as surely as God created time time is running out mankind is not predestined to receive all that God has has prepared man gets to decide whether he wants to be a part of what God has prepared and it is within the context of time that you make that decision. I want you to know it is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Hallelujah. I want you to know that now is the time. That today is the day of salvation. And that now is the accepted time. Then isn't the accepted time. There and then and when, that's not the accepted time. Now is the accepted time. This is the only time that exists. Felix, the governor, looked at the apostle Paul while Paul was in bondage. And he said, Paul presented to him the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Felix felt convicted. It was getting to him. He was feeling something. But he said, go from me and come back at a more convenient time. Ah, you're making a mistake, Felix. You don't, you don't need to wait for a convenient time. A lot of people have died between that statement and the convenient time that they were asking for. We don't get to choose when we exit this thing called time and are thrust into a place called eternity. I'll tell you what's, what time it is. The time is right now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now is faith the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. It's right now. Glory to God. You've got to know the difference between the process of time and the fullness of time. The Bible talks about both of these things. The process of time involves past, present, and future. But when you're talking about the fullness of time, it deals with it deals with one thing. And, and so I want to just look at Genesis chapter 4. I think we have that, that ready. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 4. Okay, this is, actually, you know what? Let's, 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 let's break this up just a little bit. Let's, let's show Galatians chapter 4 first, if we could. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. I want, I want, before I tell you about the process of time, I want to tell you about the fullness of time, okay? 
Let's talk about the fullness of time. Because the fullness of time is what it is all about. The fullness of time is the Spirit of God moves. God says, let there be light, and there was light. That's the fullness of time. Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law. That's what we're celebrating in the month of December. The fact that God became a man. Jesus Christ, the flesh of the great I am. The express image of his person. The fulfillment of his prophetic plan. Jesus the Christ. Hallelujah. That's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And the fullness of time has to do with when God came into this earth. He sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 10. This is what Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 10 says. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. This is a reference to when Jesus returns the second time. The first reference to the fullness of time is when he comes the first time. Made of a woman, made under the law. The second reference to the fullness of time is when he returns the second time and gathers all things together into him. Okay? That's the fullness of time. That's what time is all marching towards is about Jesus coming to this earth, reconciling the world unto himself. Now, that's the fullness Let's talk about process. Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 3. This is what we're talking about when we talk about the process of time. The scripture says, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Now, we know what happened after Cain brought his fruit of the ground unto the Lord as an offering. It happened in the process of time. And he eventually would kill his brother. So the first reference to the process of time involves a frustrated man who ended up taking the life of his own brother, Abel. So the process of time is not always pleasant. In fact, it's quite complicated. Let's look at Genesis chapter 38 and verse 12. In process of time, the daughter of Shua, Judah's wife, died. And Judah was comforted and went up into his sheep shears to Timnah, he and his friend Hira the Adulamite. Here we again. The first process of time reference was to murder. The second process of time reference was to the death of Judah's wife. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 23, the third reference to the process of time. It came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. So we have the first reference to the process of time involves the terrible murder of Abel by Cain. The second reference to the process of time involves the death of Judah's wife. The third process of time reference deals with the death of the king of Egypt and the bondage of the children of Israel that caused them to sigh by reason of the bondage. Judges chapter 11 and verse 4. This is the fourth reference to the process of time. It came to pass in process of time that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. So we've got murder, we've got death, we've got bondage, we've got war. The fifth reference to the process of time is 2 Chronicles chapter 21 and verse 19. It came to pass that in process of time after the end of two years, his bowels fell out by reason of his sickness, so he died of sore diseases, and his people made no burning for him like the burning of his fathers. So we have disease, we have murder, we have bondage, we have, we have death, we have war, we have disease. Welcome to the process of time. But we don't make decisions based on the process of time. We make decisions based on the fullness of time. So what do we do in the process of time? What are we supposed to do when there's war breaking out? What are we supposed to do when, when, we, are, when we are dealing with sickness? What are we supposed to do when there's death 
What are we supposed to do when there's the death of a loved one and Judah loses his wife and needs to be comforted and goes into a far land? What, what do we do when, when there is this predatory instinct of Cain versus Abel and it's this horrific scene unfolding for the first time in the scriptures? What do we do in the horrors of the process of time? You have to reconcile the past, the present, and the future. And you have to realize that we are living in the fullness of time. Because what God is going to do has already been done. All I'm waiting for now is to be able to step into it when my time on earth is over. I can, I can live in the victory of knowing that he has prepared a place for me, that where he is there I may be also. I live in this moment. I'm not going to dwell on what happened way back when. I'm not going to dread what may happen sometime in the future. I'm going to live in this moment. And you know what? In this moment, in this very moment, I'm warm. In this moment, I have clothes on my back. In this moment I'm not starving in this moment I've got a bottle of water that I can drink from and I'm going to shortly in this moment I've got friends and family that are surrounding me and I'm comforted by the hand of God in this moment I've got breath in my body so now I'm not worried about what tomorrow holds and I'm not regretting what happened way back when I'm going to live for God in the fullness of time Hallelujah. That's why, that's why we refer to ourselves as human beings. Not human wasings or will beings, but beings. Hallelujah. In Him we move and live and have our being in Him, in Christ Jesus. This is how Christ Jesus could know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he was getting ready to spill his blood for all mankind. And if he let his mind wander there to a place his body could not go, it could have depressed him and prevented him from being what people needed him to be in those moments leading up to the crucifixion of the cross. And you see him, you see him in the Garden of Gethsemane where his mind is pulling him into the future. And he says, oh, if this cup could pass, if this cup could pass, let this cup pass. But then, but then he, he centers in that moment, hallelujah, and says, not my will, but thy will be. Hallelujah, be. Glory to God, be. Look at your brother, look at your sister and just tell him, just be for a moment. Be still and know that I am God. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stop dwelling on what happened 15 years ago. Stop dwelling on what might happen 15 years from now. Stop dwelling on what the doctor might say two weeks from now. Stop dwelling on what the doctor said two months ago. But live in this moment and live in the goodness of God and live in the blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. Say, for God I live and for God I die. But I've got a testimony that God has been good to me. I just wonder if there's anybody in the house of God who remembers when you never dreamed you'd make it to 2023, when you thought you'd lose your mind by now, when you thought you'd die of cancer by now, but here you stand alive and well, full of the Holy Ghost and giving God praise. Two things I want you to remember, number one, the worst case scenario rarely develops. Rarely develops. That's number one. Number two, if it does, the Lord will be there. The Lord will be there and it won't be as bad as you dread it being. Because when you walk that valley, 
that you at one point said, I could never make it. If this ever happened, I could never make it. If that ever happened, I just don't, I'd lose my mind. No, 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 you won't. Not when you're, not when you're walking with him in the fullness of time. You know, I'm in the full, I'm not worried about the past or the future. I'm right here in the fullness of time. Hallelujah. You know, we talked about, we talked a few weeks ago about God's speed. When, when, when we travel at the speed of God, and we're not traveling at the speed of man. Man's speed is different than God's speed. God is in light, and, and light has no space, and it has no distance. It is, it is without distance, and it is without, uh, it was without time. And when you walk in the light as he is in the light, then you enter into that, what I'm going to call God's speed. You, you enter into this realm where you're not worried about time anymore because you're stepping into a heavenly place in Jesus Christ. And a heavenly place is outside of time. Let me tell you how it works. It, actually, you see it in Acts 2.38. Our beautiful, blessed plan of salvation. Could we put Acts 2.38? Look at this. Then Peter said, you're going to see past, present, and future being reconciled right here. Repent deals with your past. It deals with your past. It, it's fixing stuff that happened a long time ago. Hallelujah. That's what happens when you enter into God's speed. I can enter into, this is, how, this is how it works. You enter into prayer. Glory to God. And I don't know what you're wrestling with or what you've got going on in your mind, where your mind is trying to take you. But you don't worry about where your mind is trying to take you. You get into prayer and say, God, okay, I'm worried about something that happened 12 years ago. I need you to fix that for me. I need you to give me peace about that. I need you to give me victory over that. I need you to help me and strengthen me. I need you to give me closure. I need you to resolve that. And repentance does that with your sin. The sin that you have committed, repentance, and it is linked to baptism in Jesus' name. Repentance deals with the past and baptism in the name of Jesus. Notice the language. Repent and be. It's right now. Hallelujah. Baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And that deals with your past. And you deal with your past right here in the present. And now notice the future language. And you shall. It's a promise of God. You shall. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Glory to God. This is how you reconcile the past, the present, and the future. You say, well, I, I obeyed Acts 2, 38, 35 years ago. Then live in the power of it. You weren't just checking off some, some boxes on a, on a resume to apply for heaven when you obeyed Acts 2.38. You were walking in the direct ordinance of God that gives you the promise, hallelujah, that you can live forevermore in the glory of God. When you're in Jesus Christ, let me tell you what happens when you're in Jesus Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. When you're in Jesus Christ, you sit in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him. You are complete. That, that word complete. Do you know how powerful that word is? Complete. I rebuke that devil that's lying to you, trying to make you feel dysfunctional, trying to make you feel disproportionate, trying to make you feel disorderly, trying to make you feel broken. You're not broken anymore. If you're in him, you are complete. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you've got something coming down the pike and you're worried about it, step into God's speed. Step out of the process of time and get into the fullness of time. 
and say, okay, God, I need you to fix that. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I see the headlights of it, and I'm worried. I'm worried. My flesh is worried. My mind is trying to take me somewhere where I won't have peace, but I need you to just reach forward and put your hand on my children and put your hand on my grandchildren and touch their lives and give them a tenderness of heart and give them a sensitivity in their spirit and give them a love for the truth and let them walk with you all the days of their life. And God, do it right now and it listen to me ladies and gentlemen it doesn't matter what the process looks like right now there's a fullness of time that's coming I know the process has disease in it I know the process has bondage in it I know the process has war in it but I believe in the fullness of time I believe he's gathering all things together in him hallelujah I believe hmm that if I'll hold my peace, that's what I do in the process of time. You know what you do in the process of time? Let me tell you what you do in the process of time. Hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battle. Let me tell you what you do in the process of time. Hold fast the profession of your faith. Let me tell you what you do in the process of time. Wait. Wait. I said wait on the Lord and be of good courage. need to stay on that a little bit. I, I'm almost done, but I need to stay on that a little because we don't like that word. Wait. Easier said than done, right? Not when you understand the fullness of time. When you understand the fullness of time, I, I got all eternity. I'll wait right here. I said, I will wait right here. I'm not moving off the foundation of my faith. I will have my hands lifted in praise. I'll have a dance in my step. I'll have a song on my tongue. I will wait on the Lord and I will be of good courage and he shall strengthen my heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. May I remind you, hallelujah, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Halaboshatai. I'm waiting on the Lord. You know how I wait on the Lord, Pastor Ruby? I wait on the Lord, hallelujah, by operating in the fullness of time. Hallelujah. I live in the knowledge that he came and he's coming again. That's I live in the knowledge that he died and was buried and he rose from the dead and he's coming again. That's where I live. That's where my mind is settled. Woo. Hallelujah. So I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to walk with God, and I will not faint. I'm going to run, and I will not be weary. And when I'm walking and running, I'm just gaining momentum. And the law of, of aerodynamics is about to kick in. Hallelujah. You ever been on that runway, and that plane is moving? Man, it's got you pinned to the back of your seat. You know what they're doing? They're gaining momentum because they're getting ready to take flight keep on walking your walk will turn into a run keep on running you're about to take flight and you're going to soar above this process hallelujah and you're going to live in the peace of his fullness hallelujah that's what Elijah was trying to tell his servant when the servant said he said, what do you see? He said, nothing. He's looking out over the, over the sea to see if there was any sign of rain. And, and Elijah already said the rain is coming. And he said, I see nothing. And we said, go back up, nothing. Go back up, nothing, 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 nothing until the seventh time. He said, I saw a cloud. But he said it was as a man's hand. We don't know if it's the size of a man's hand or what that means. But he said, I saw, I saw this cloud. And Elijah said, all I needed to know, go tell Ahab, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Hallelujah. All I needed to know is that the fullness, the fullness is on the horizon. I can deal with the process. I can deal with the brokenness because I've got my eye on the fullness. 
Come on, lift up your hands unto the Lord and give him praise right now. Come on, lift up your hand and give him praise right now. I need some folks that are dealing with the process right now to lift up your voice unto God. He's going to give you victory over your past. He's going to give you power in your present. He's going to give you peace about your future. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I trust in you. I trust in you. I trust in you. I trust in you. Come on, stand with me, if you will, in the name of the Lord, and lift up your hands unto the holy God of heaven. Hallelujah. Let a praise come off of your lips. Come on, let a praise come off of your lips. A praise unto God. A praise unto God. A praise unto God. I'm opening these altars. I want somebody who has a lost loved one and you're concerned about their soul. I want you to bring that process to God and surrender it to the fullness of time right now. I want somebody who's got a doctor's report that you're waiting to hear results from. I want you to bring it to God right now. I want somebody that maybe has something in their past that they regret or that they find irreconciled in your own mind and spirit. Bring it to God right now and say, oh God, Give me peace, Lord. Give me peace, Lord. I need peace in my soul. I need peace in my soul. Hallelujah. 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 Woo. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to the name of Jesus. 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 Come on, you can make it through this process. You can make it through this process. You can make it through this process. I know there's brokenness in the process. I know there's disease and war. I know there's treachery. I know there's betrayal. I know there are a lot of, there's a lot of pain in the process. But keep your eye on where this thing is going, what God has already done, that blood that has already been shed. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, bless my blood. Jesus,
that's going through something that has been keeping you awake at night, has been troubling you in your spirit during the day, your mind just seems to drift over to it and you feel tormented. These things ought not to be because you're to be living in victory, but the enemy, the enemy knows how to push buttons. But I want the Word of God to give you strength today. And I want the Spirit of the Lord to embolden you to walk in the victory that God has prescribed for your life. I want everybody just to lift your hands to the Lord right now all across this house and say, God, I am letting your Word release me in Jesus' name. This isn't just a, a Wednesday night where we come and go. No, I, I need, Lord, you to release me. Release me from regret. Release me from worry. In Jesus' name, release me from anxiety. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, show me again the power of what you have already done. Show me again the power of what awaits me in your presence. And let me enter into those gates with thanksgiving and into those courts with praise. Help me to be thankful unto you and to bless your name. Come on, that's it all across this house. God's giving you victory. God's giving you victory. Receive it in the name of the Lord. Receive it in the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. sing this together right now. Peace, peace, wonderful peace, coming down from the Father above.
could just lift up your hands and just sing it to God and receive it as we sing it in the name of the Lord. Oh, yes, there's peace, 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 wonderful peace. It's coming down from the Father. unto him and praise his name hallelujah I wonder if we could just rejoice in the Lord a moment can we rejoice in the Lord a moment thank you Jesus come on that's it let's just rejoice in the Lord a moment <laughs> oh he's a good God he's got it all in control he's gonna work it together for the good why don't you find somebody tonight before you leave greet them in the name of the Lord tell them that you love them Tell them that you appreciate them and encourage one another in the Lord. God bless you in Jesus' name. Oh, yes, Lord.